Are you breathing right? Effective breathing is important to your whole body. It can stabilize your heart rate, promote mental clarity, and reduce stress. And as my guest, breathwork expert Miriam Trahan explains, correct breathing technique can also be a powerful spiritual tool. Miriam is an expert in pranayama, the ancient technique of controlling the breath. She spoke to Mind, Body, and Beyond from her home in Maui, where she produces the podcast, Miriam's Meditations. Miriam, thanks for talking to Mind, Body, and Beyond. Um, Your work sounds so interesting. Most people don't even think about breathing. Why is it so important for us to be aware of our breath? Thank you very much for having me and um, aloha to all of your listeners. Um, Breath is something that happens automatically all the time, right? We don't necessarily need to be aware of our breathing. Thank goodness, it just happens. But there are real advantages to studying your own breath and becoming aware of your breathing patterns. It's been my experience that most all of us don't get to adulthood without some kind of uh, shift in our breathing that is causing us to have a less than optimum breath. So I don't think particularly in terms of right breathing or wrong breathing. I think more in terms of how can your breath be optimized for you in whatever it is you're doing. So if you're doing a very active thing, running, um, dancing, playing with your dog, (laughs) you're going to need a different kind of breathing than if you're sitting quietly reading a book or meditating. So you want your breathing to be responsive to whatever it is that you're doing. And we can have constrictions in our breathing that can impede the flow of oxygen coming in and carbon dioxide and waste products going out. So when you are engaged in a practice of studying breath, those things come to your awareness and you are able to, through the practice of the breathing exercises, learn ways to shift those constrictions. Perhaps your breathing is very shallow. Maybe you breathe only up in your chest. Maybe you only breathe in your belly and your rib cage is very rigid and it doesn't move at all. Um, The way that I was taught breathing, we started with just this kind of an overview study of the breath. What should the natural breath feel like? a nice smooth inhalation, there's a small pause, there's a long smooth exhalation, there's a small pause. And so that when you're practicing breath in this kind of structured way, it becomes clear where your challenges might lie. So let's just say, for example, we're going to look at the in-breath. So everybody breathe in and just let your breath relax out. So was that easy? Was that a challenge? It was easy. Okay, good. So, Mm -hmm. but for some people, breathing in and taking in life is kind of difficult. Mm -hmm. They only breathe, they only let themselves have a little bit of breath. Then there's that pause. Is it okay with you to hold on to a little bit of that nourishment for a moment before you breathe out? Is that, do you immediately want to give away everything? That's information for you about your body and your being. Can you exhale? 
Can you let go? Do you have a really shallow exhale? Exhale is probably the most important part of the breath. You have to let go of all of the stale old energy and the waste products of the body if you're ever going to breathe in. People think of breath practices, learn to take a deep breath, but if you have no space, there's nowhere to breathe. So a long, smooth exhalation, a really complete exhalation, especially when you're in practice, allows all of that to open. And if, you're, if it's hard for you to exhale, that's information. And can you remain in the bottom of the breath where it's empty for a moment? Or do you really need to take a breath in right away? If it's, if it's challenging for you to wait in that soft, open place at the bottom, then perhaps you don't have a lot of faith that life is going to continue for you, that there's going to be enough for you. So you see that all of this information is contained in your breath. So just that one breathing in, pause, breathing out, pause, and thinking about those parts of it and how it feels in your body, that can, that's, a, that's a start of a breath practice right there. Yeah. What are some advantages to these breathing practices, emotional or physiological? Um, well, it's good that you mentioned both the emotional body and the physical body. So for the physical body, um, you have, get an increased lung capacity. You have better circulation in all of your organs, not just your lungs. It tones your nerves, your brain, and your spinal cord. Um, it can stimulate even your sweat glands to keep your body clean and clear. Um, it soothes your nervous system. Hmm. Sometimes it can relieve uh, pain in the body. Um, and your voice becomes more melodious. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> so, so those are some of the physical benefits to a breath practice. Um, but one of the things that has been written about and taught about the human body is that we can retain emotional energy in different parts of our body. And if you, something happened to you that caused a strong emotional reaction, it, it could be a trauma, but it could be just something that repetitively happens to you and you don't know how to process it. You don't know what to do with it. You don't have the skills or the emotional capacity, or you're just very afraid. You don't feel safe to process something that happened to you. It remains in the body's pattern and it continues to affect you. So when you study breath practice, if you are faithful to your practice, that emotional stuff starts to loosen and come to the surface. And you may find that you will have a strong emotional reaction that doesn't seem to be even connected to anything. You might get a memory in your mind, but you might not. You might just get a nice release. <sighs> so it has the effect of bringing you emotionally current with your life. If you're dragging around a lot of old emotional baggage that's unprocessed, when something similar happens to you in the world, it's going to trigger that old emotional baggage. And so you may have an interaction with someone that's really very strong and has nothing to do very much with what's happening currently. It's just kind of that old stuff that's sticking around. Yeah. Breath practice brings that to awareness and to the surface and allows you an opportunity to clear it through the practice itself. Yeah. And now you're much more current with your emotional life. And you may still have a memory of that thing that happened to you. And it may still cause you some emotional reaction, a sadness, or 
kind of a wistfulness of feeling like, wow, that really wasn't fair. That thing that happened to me, it was just kind of awful, but it doesn't have the same emotional trigger anymore. You're not quite carrying around that charge anymore. And if you practice over time, you may find that the residues of it clear completely. And while you may still have a memory of it, it really doesn't affect you anymore. And that for me was the greatest benefit of practicing pranayama was I had a lot of emotional unprocessed business. And over the course of the years, I have been able to clear it all just about. I mean, I still have stuff that comes up and I think to myself, wow, I worked on that. (laughs) But here it is at at a deeper level. So those are the physical and emotional qualities of a pranayama practice. Mm-hmm. I've noticed um, how much control we can take for ourselves when we are mindfully breathing. Um, I'm just thinking, for example, I just got my COVID booster shot and I have this practice where I'm, I'm scared of needles, but I count to three and I exhale when I'm doing, you know, going through pain or something like that. And that it works fantastically for me. And part of the reason that using your breath and your mind works so well for me anyway, is that I don't feel helpless when I'm in an unpleasant situation. It gives me just a little bit more control over my response to it. That's an excellent point. Um, we need a lot of things in our toolkit, don't we? Yeah. There's uh, a lot of different situations in the world that we are called upon to participate in, react to, not react to manage ourselves. So I think of it in terms of managing my own energy and my own responses to life. So um, I find I'm also more transparent to unpleasantness. Hmm. I have a greater sense of calm and stability within. So we had a we had an incident recently with a person, my husband and I, with an unex- with a professional individual who had a, a a very unexpected reaction to us in a professional setting. And while this person was sort of overreacting, I thought, wow, they're really angry. They're really having a hard day. This is really very important to them. And I was not hooked into getting angry with them. I was able to breathe calmly and allow this person to have this reaction that they were having. So I was more at choice. I really like that phrase, at choice. Mm, Nice. How I am going to be with what is happening around me. And so that I am more, and this comes directly out of my breath and meditation practice, I am more in balance and harmony within myself And so I am having more of a reaction to my own internal environment rather than always reacting to what's going on around me. Yeah. I am coming from a place of knowing myself, being connected to my own inner guidance, uh, being aware of the energy flows that are going on around me, like this person who's having this overreaction. I don't think it really had much to do with me at all. I was there. I was in his field and he was having this very strong reaction, but I thought, wow, I don't feel like I I warranted, my actions didn't warrant this reaction. So rather than my old baggage kicking in and getting defensive and feeling righteous, oh, that had nothing to do with me, you're wrong. I just was there 
And, you yeah. know, I left the interaction. It didn't feel pleasant at all. I didn't like it. I thought about it for a while. I talked to my husband about it. We went over and over it a couple of times. And I thought, well, we did the best we could. Well, and what you talked about earlier about the top of the breath and the bottom of the breath, that that part where you're in that void and sitting with it, that sounds like something that you were able to also deal with. And if you didn't... Yeah, if you didn't have that pos- that um, well-honed ability to sit with that moment, then this could have been a really unpleasant thing for you. Yes, and the, and the effects of it would have lingered longer. His anger about what was happening in his world would have penetrated my being, and then I would have carried that for a while and had to process it. And um, that's very astute of you thinking of the bottom and the top of the breath as places where you are sort of the void and you are in a a place where you can just hold, but you're also very present. I didn't check out. I didn't step away. I was able to hold space for myself and this person. And, And I will say this about it's like learning to play a musical instrument or learning to play a sport or anything of that caliber. It's a skill. Learning to be able to sit with especially a difficulty and be present, not check out, monitor your own emotional state, and not overreact yourself, all of that takes practice and skill. And so I want to speak just to, for just a moment about discipline, because a lot of people talk about discipline in terms of practice. In the beginning, it does take some discipline to sit. And can I share a, a little tip that I use with my students? So, yeah. so two things. One, find a piece of music that you like that does not have any words and does not engage your mind. Something flowing and beautiful. And only use this piece of music for your practice. Don't use it for anything else. And I sort of discovered this by accident. When I first learned to do my breath practice, I would go to meet my teacher and then I would go home and practice by myself. And so I found a piece of music that I liked and I just played it every single morning, every single day. And what happened was my body became entrained to the music. Yeah. So when I sat and turned on my music, my body said, oh, it's time to do breathing practice. And I was immediately ready. My body was ready to practice and my mind got calmed. It sets a kind of tone and it takes some of that dissonance that we can have as personalities like, oh, this is kind of boring. I don't know why I'm doing this. (sighs) Okay, I'm going to do it. You know, that Mm -hmm. sort of self-talk that's not very productive. (laughs) We all have that stuff. And and this is one way to kind of circumvent that. You're kind of tricking your being a little bit by habituating it to this piece of music. And the other thing I tell my students is to get a piece of paper and a pen and put it right next to your place where you're going to sit. Because when you become calm and quiet, suddenly you think of lists of things you have to do, important stuff that must be taken care of. And what happened for me was I would think, oh, that really is important. I don't want to forget that. And then my brain kept returning to it. And that's very distracting. So when I would write them down, if my brain returned to it, I could say, okay, brain, we wrote that down. And I'd look with one eye, look, yep, I wrote it down. And so then you're able to fully return to your practice. And then once all of that 
ordinariness clears and you've written it all down if if it feels needful a spaciousness opens up that your deeper self can now communicate with you and this is where you're going with your practice so you asked about physical and you asked about emotional but the spiritual dimension of this being able to reach your deepest inner being is the real reason for a pranayama practice all of those other benefits are marvelous and wonderful but being able to find a consistent way to really reach your deepest self and be with yourself learn about yourself know yourself be friends with yourself Mm. oh there is, no, there is no treasure like that in all of the world, to be able to find that consistently. And so the breath has a tendency to clear out that emotional, vibrational baggage, calm your mind, soothe your nervous system, and now the kind of openness comes, and you're like, oh, wow, this is what they've been talking about. And it allows you to reach a meditative state in a seemingly effortless way. The effort is in the pranayama practice that you've done, but now you've reached this meditative place with this kind of openness that's still and dynamic at the same time. And now you can go places in consciousness. And that's the really fun part. Now you've reached the really fun aspect of it all. You mentioned that you had done it in the morning. Is there a best time of day to do pranayama? Morning is generally recommended because it sets the tone for your day. Also, some of the breaths can be a little dynamic. So if you did it at the end of the day before bed, I would recommend only the very calming and soothing breaths. There are a number of breaths that you can do at the end of the day that are quite peaceful. Alternate nostril breathing is very calming. Um, Just that rhythmic breathing of breathing into a count and pausing for a moment, breathing out. I recommend either a 4-2 count or a 6-3 count. So you breathe in for a count of six, pause to a count of three, out to a count of six, pause to a count of three. It kind of brings you into a kind of a balance and harmony. So it just depends on your activity. But the real benefit of pranayama and meditation in the morning is it creates a kind of energy template for your day that you are in your own power. You are in your own being. And you have cleared yourself and you're ready to meet the day with your toolkit open and you're prepared. So it's, it's, a, nice, it's a nice way to start the day. Mm, that's great. I can't wait to start think, thinking about starting that practice. That's all I can promise. <laughs> now, you also use sound in your voice as part of your practice. How, how does that work? What do you do? Okay, so in my, I have a podcast, Miriam's Meditations, and I teach a variety of breath practices. So if you're new to breath practice, it would be my my wholehearted recommendation to begin at the beginning, if you're going to listen to my work, and the very simple soothing breaths that start the practice. The sounds that heal are a more advanced practice. So it's important for you to begin with being aware of your own breathing, being cognizant of any breathing patterns that might not be optimum, and to start creating an optimum breath pattern before you begin looking at the sounds that heal. The sounds that heal are simple seed mantras. They're a single sound. And in the 
in the course of living, our body picks up emotional residues of things that have happened to us, and they are stored in different organs of the body. The lungs store grief. The liver stores anger. The kidneys store fear. And so these sounds address those organs in particular and allow that energy to begin to loosen. So if you've suffered real trauma in your life and you know that you have these residues in your body, it's very important to be extremely gentle with yourself as you practice these sounds because it will begin to shake loose some of that stuff for you. So I, I wanted to make a note of that breathing practice is not a substitute for medical advice, medical care, or psychotherapy. It is an augmentation to all of those things. And so if you have suffered serious trauma, I sincerely hope that you're getting the care that you deserve and need. Um, this practice will augment these things for you. Um, also, if you have any concerns about breathing or you're, if you, you have a, a breathing difficulty that you're aware of, such as asthma, um, or heart condition, it's very important to consult your medical professionals about breath practice and see if you, they feel like you can um, take part in these. But the sounds begin to loosen this energy that is stored in your body, bring it to the surface, along with any emotional or mental, you might have a memory that you're ready to address. I will say this, though, the body is really intelligent, and you have an innate intelligence that if you will pay attention, will guide you to what is next for you, what is ready to shift, what is opening up for you. And if you listen, you will know if you need support. Uh, I think this is pretty powerful, this thing that happened to me. I might get a therapist to help me work through this particular problem and use my breath practice as a support to that work. So... Practicing pranayama and meditation is a practice of listening, is a deep listening to your own intelligence and your own inner being. If you set that as your intention, you will find that you are guided and you are supported. And if you look about in your environment, resources will come to bring you to a place where you can address these things that are important for you to address. If you are listening to this conversation and you are curious about this, you are ready. Hmm. You're ready. Yeah, definitely. What's um, a good practice for a beginner? I have a breath that I really like for people to begin with. And I call it notice, soften, and soothe. So it's a matter of noticing your breath. And all breath practice begins with noticing, watching your own natural breathing. And just as a little, <laughs> a little aside, when you first begin to notice your breath, you might feel like you have forgotten how to breathe altogether and your breath gets very weird. So just, <laughs> just pass through that stage and know that happens to all of us. That's really common and, and that will go away. But to be, to be able to breathe in and notice how your breath is and breathe in a, as calm and soothing a breath as you can. And then soften your body around the breath. So you might retain the breath for, draw the breath in for a count of four. Soften around the, the retention for a count of two. Breathe out for a count of four. And then in that two count at the bottom, soothe yourself with some 
mental statement, there is enough for me. I am whole and cared for. I can find answers. I have the resources I need. I'm taking steps to care for myself. Anything that feels true to you, if you say it and it doesn't really feel true, try something else. So it's a noticing, it's a softening, it's a self-care statement. And if I was a real straight-up beginner, had never tried any of this before, never encountered pranayama in a yoga class, nothing, that's where I would start. I would start with really gentle noticing and a rhythmic breathing and begin to notice the parts of your breathing space that are tight. I would practice laying down for a while. You need your postural muscles to hold you up, either sitting or standing. And some of those are involved in breathing. Also, if you're on the floor, you can't fall down. You're there. It's, you're already very supported. The floor is yeah. very supportive. Put a pillow under your head or under your knees or both. Feel the floor underneath you. Place your hands on your ribs. Notice your breathing in your body. Soften your throat. And just be with your breathing. That is the place to begin. If you pile on complicated breathing practices on top of a breath pattern that is already impinged in some way, you are not going to have good results. And you could even off-balance your carbon dioxide, oxygen balance, make yourself very lightheaded. Yeah. Um, yeah. It makes your blood very acidic. If you're breathing too fast, you can be hyperventilating and you never knew it. But if you stop and listen to your breath, you will begin to realize, wow, my breath is pretty shallow. I only breathe up here with my neck. You shouldn't be breathing with mm. your neck. <laughs> you should be breathing yeah. with your diaphragm. Your diaphragm is way down in the middle of your body. Is, are your ribs moving at all? So all of these exploratory inventory, kind of a breathing inventory, that's where I would begin with a beginner. And how many repetitions of that? I would set a timer and do it for two or three minutes. Mm-hmm. Put, on a, put on a piece of music that you like and do it until it feels complete. It's just, mm-hmm. This is about you and you are learning to listen. And if you know you only, you might do it, set a timer, do it for three minutes and go, oh, that went really fast. Or, oh my God, this is the longest three minutes in the history of the world. <laughs> That's information for you. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So you're not very good at sitting still and three minutes seems really long. Or if it seemed like, oh, wow, I could do another three minutes, do another three minutes. So you are beginning to learn to read your body and read your energy system. And there are a lot of really good qualified uh, breath podcasts. Um, There are a number of, um, there are some breathing apps that you can use. Mindspace is a good one. Um, Mm. And some of those can can get you started with some very simple self-awareness exercises and bringing you back to your breath. I have some of these resources listed on my website, miriamsmeditations.com. And feel free to write me and ask me questions if you'd like. My my email address is contact at miriamsmeditations.com, M-I-R-I-A-M-S meditations.com. I'd be happy to answer your questions. And that will be in the show notes too. Do you do live teachings too? Um, I'm not doing live teachings uh, for the general audience at this moment. 
my podcast is recorded live from Maui once a week, and I am with a live group at the time. I have a, a student population that I uh, am working with. They meet, we meet every week. So when you listen to my podcast, it's not just me by myself. I am working with the whole group of meditators. And so their imprint of their meditative energy and their breath practice is on the podcast. And you're joining a group of experienced meditators. And so that's pretty, that's pretty exciting. Um, I have thought about doing a live class and I may do that in the future. So I'll let you know. Yeah. Great. Miriam, thanks so much for talking to me today. I learned so much and I have some great ideas to start my own breath practice or improve my current breath practice. It's been very wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on your program. And I'm glad you got some, uh, some good information. So have a beautiful day. You too. Thanks. Mahalo. <laughs> today on Mind, Body and Beyond, I spoke to pranayama expert Miriam Trahan, Find out more at miriamsmeditations.com. You can learn more about this podcast at mindbodybeyond.co. Be sure and hit the subscribe button. I'm your host, Lisa Searing. Thanks for listening to Mind, Body, and Beyond.